Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Have you ever had the experience of being thoroughly dirty and yet, thanks to a good hot shower, you became sweet and clean? That's a deep cleansing action. Well, in today's program, we're going to see something like that happening as we continue to learn Zechariah. Our series is entitled, The Coming King, Understanding the Book of Zechariah, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, and is part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We love the book of Zechariah because it tells us about the first coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, and the nature of the kingdom that Jesus will establish. Even though it's among the minor prophets, there's nothing minor about Zechariah. It tells us things and detail that we find nowhere else in the Word of God. In Zechariah, we are now in chapter 13. And I entitled chapter 13 of Zechariah, Deep Cleansing and the Smitten Shepherd. Two very, very different themes, aren't they? But they're contained in this one short chapter, Zechariah 13. A deep cleansing, smitten shepherd. We're going to look at the deep cleansing part first probably not so chronological here, but that's fine. Because what we're going to learn is that in that day, a phrase that is used repeatedly in these last day portions of Zechariah, we believe in the day of the Lord is what he's talking about. But in that day, certain wonderful things will happen because it's talking about a fountain opened to the house of David. So I'll read to you the first verse of Zechariah 13. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. So, in this day where God pours out of his Spirit on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the Spirit of grace and supplication in that, apparently that same day, not necessarily 24 hours, but in that period, there will be a fountain open. And the fountain is going to bring what we call a deep cleansing. The deep cleansing is what's so necessary to begin a new life. It happens not just for the house of David, it happens for people even now. Because after all, that is part of the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth came to save his people from their sins. That was his mission. His personhood, his identity is simple. He is the son of David, the Christ or Messiah, they're all the same thing, by the way. It's an anointing for kingly rule, and Jesus is the king. But that's his identity. His mission is salvation, to save his people from their sins, particularly in his first coming. With that salvation comes not only forgiveness of sins, deliverance from the sin nature, and cleansing from all unrighteousness. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing that God does for us in Christ, and it's alluded to 
by this open fountain. Remember that all of us were once, shall we say, lost but found. And although we don't use this because it's not in the hymn Amazing Grace, but we were once dirty, but now we are clean. There is something about being cleansed after running through the mud that is so wonderful. It's, it's like life from the dead, a new chapter that's being written in one's life. So we would do well to understand that when God comes back to this planet in the person of Jesus Christ, he's going to be very, very busy, not only mopping up the opposition, setting up his kingdom, and preparing the bride for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we believe that the bride has to make herself ready, and there are certain things that need to be done for that to happen. When we also understand that through Jesus Christ is deliverance from all unrighteousness, which means you don't have to be dirty. Again, it's not just a deep cleansing, but ultimately it is a permanent cleansing. Let's read the entire portion here of Zechariah 13, verses 1 to 5. Again, Zechariah 13, verses 1 to 5. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered, and also I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. And it shall come to pass that when any shall yet prophesy, then his father and his mother that begat him shall say unto him, Thou shalt not live, for thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and his mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesieth. And it shall come to pass in that day, that the prophets shall be ashamed every one of his vision. When he hath prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive. But he shall say, I am no prophet, I am a husbandman. For man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. This is Zechariah chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. Well, let's start off with some of the positive news here. The fountain is open. What fountain? the fountain that is open to the house of David and to the residents of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. When does this happen? It will happen in that day. This is the phrase, in that day, that has been used several times now in these chapters, latter chapters of the book of Zechariah. Please note, they are not having their sins cleansed in Judah and Jerusalem by animal sacrifice. Instead, their sins are being cleansed by water. And if this is the purpose of the fountain for cleansing of sin and uncleanness, not the blood of bulls and goats, but of water, what does it mean for all of us? First of all, we know that believers are cleansed thanks to Christ's death on the cross. And in Ephesians 5, verse 26, it speaks of us being cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. Of course, when we say the washing of the water of the word, we're talking about the word of God. And that's what happens here. The word of God is like water cleansing us. Jesus actually said to his disciples, you are clean because of the word that was spoken 
unto you. Friends, we have dedicated our lives to serving the Lord and disseminating His Word, or preaching and teaching His Word. Not just the concepts of God, but the very words of God. The words of God, of course, found in Scripture. It doesn't, the Scripture doesn't just contain the Word of God. The Scripture is the Word of God. We believe it from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. It's all the Word of God, all inspired, all profitable. That's why we have this program. That's why we have these teaching series, Understanding the Bible, verse by verse, because we believe that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's what Jesus said when he was tempted of the devil. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. It is that important. When we hear and receive the word of God, remember, not everyone receives it, but those that do hear and receive what God is saying, it brings cleansing to them, this washing of the water of the word. It brings powerful cleansing. And furthermore, it doesn't just cleanse you. It keeps you from being dirty again, this wonderful word of God. We learn this, of course, in Psalm 119. Two very powerful verses, Psalm 119 and verse 9. It says, Whither all shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. When we obey the word, when we heed it, then it brings cleansing, whether we're young or old, male or female. That is a great promise to hold on to. Two verses later, Psalm 119, verse 11, very famous verse. Some of you may know it. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. All right, so the first verse, verse 9, talks about being cleansed from sin because we've listened to God's Word. Not necessarily because we've done religious rules and practices, but because we've listened, recognized the behavior that we have done is unacceptable to God. It's sinful. We repudiate this behavior through repentance. We stop doing it. We fully commit ourselves to God. And this, shall we call it, rejection of sin, repenting of it, turning to God, believing All of these steps bring a cleansing to us. But then verse 11 is like a preventative, how to keep from sinning again. When we hide God's word in our hearts, then we will not sin against him any longer. Now that is powerful. While it is, of course, technically possible for people to sin, even after they come to Christ, and unfortunately some sin up a storm after they have said yes to the gospel appeal, But that's not how it's meant to happen. And really, we have to understand that when we repented, we were turning our back on a sin-dominated self-life and facing a righteous Savior and Lord, living and dedicating ourselves to holiness, sanctification, righteousness, and fruit-bearing for His glory. That's what we're signing up for. And besides, I'm telling you, sin is no picnic, sin is no party. Oh yes, people party and they sin, but I'm talking about true rejoicing, true celebration, true enjoyment of life. That doesn't come by sinning up a storm. Sin is not a pleasure. It may give sensual sensation for a moment, and then it has the bite of a scorpion And I mean, it stings beyond recognition. And that's only the beginning of sorrows. 
We don't need sin any more than we need a traffic accident, a hole in the head, a world war. We don't need any of these things. We don't want these things. So the same here. Let's remember, heeding God's word brings us cleansing, according to Psalm 119, verse 9. Hiding God's word in our heart keeps us from sinning more, and that's Psalm 119, verse 11. But I also want to share with you from 1 John, because we're talking about this fountain open to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for cleanness. And it says in 1 John chapter 1, that verse 7 through verse 9, but if we walk in the light, or actually, let me even read to you verse 5. I think that's better. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is just like the fountain open to the house of David for sin and for uncleanness. But what we have here is that it's not the fountain, it's the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for our sins that brings the cleansing. It's the word of God, the washing of the water of the word that brings cleansing. If we are honest and confess our sins and quit living in denial or quit trying to blame others for our bizarre and unacceptable behavior, then God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what he did and promises to do in Zechariah for the house of David and for Jerusalem. That's what God will do for us too. Now, verse 2 of Zechariah 13, it talks about the idols and the false prophets, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land and they shall no more be remembered, and I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. Basically, friends, this is another form of cleansing, not just the internal cleansing of those that repent and believe, but the external expulsion of those that represent uncleanness. It, of course, happens in that day. The phrase that is used repeatedly here in Zechariah, in that day, God will cut off the names of idols out of the land. They will be no more remembered. In addition, the prophets and unclean spirits will pass out of the land. Isn't that amazing? I don't know whether this fountain that was put in Jerusalem is going to be like a tidal wave washing away everything and everyone that is not right with God? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. But all I know is that when God comes to cleanse, cleansing doesn't just mean, you know, making the skin nice and fresh and sweet smelling. It means the removal of things that sully, that dirty, that contaminate. And just as it is for our flesh, so it is for a land too. If a land like people is going to be cleansed, those forces that were leading to ungodliness must be rooted out. Verse 3 is a little bit disturbing, but it is part of the Word of God. It uh, 
has a rationale. There's a method to the madness here. But basically, it's talking about parents who will execute their own child for prophesying lies in the name of the Lord. Now, let's put it this way. It's another part of the cleansing. False prophets who speak lies will be removed, even in the middle of giving their false prophecy. Obviously, this is an extreme act. It is happening in extreme times. You've just seen how this nation has come through a terrible invasion and survived, just had the recognition of Jesus as their Messiah, similar to the brothers of Joseph recognizing the prime minister of Egypt was their own kin and kith. And of course, there's a great crying and mourning over that. Therefore, they will be super zealous to get rid of anything or anyone that is considered a stumbling block. So yeah, it's extreme. But I guess that's what happens in extreme times. It's not the only time in the Old Testament it talks about parents executing rebellious children. Not something that was practiced, I don't think. But here, I don't know. Here we have it. Zechariah 13.4, the prophets will be shamed, the false ones. Those who are not executed will be put to shame for their false visions which they prophesy. They shall not wear a rough garment to deceive anyone anymore, trying to impress them of their false humility. Again, God is cleansing his land from sin and deception. So then the final verse, Zechariah thirteen five. for this lesson, you're going to have a state of denial from false prophets. When they see somebody being executed mid-sentence by their own parents for prophesying lies, they're all going to throw in their badges, their credential cards of being prophets, false prophets, and they're going to even deny they ever prophesied. So he basically says, I am not a prophet. I'm a husband's man, for for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. In other words, the shame will be so great, they will deny ever being a false prophet. This is not unlike Peter denying that he ever knew Jesus. And they will say, I'm not a prophet. I'm just a farmer. This has been my livelihood since I was young. Well, friends, this is a rather remarkable verse. But when cleansing comes, it's not only needful, it can also be a bit ruthless too. Now, our lesson was entitled, A Fountain Open, or even A Fountain of Cleansing Opened to the House of David. What then is our lesson for life? The lesson for life is the blood of Christ and the water of the word do the deepest and most long-lasting cleansing of all. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also visit us at our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, helping you to become future-ready with articles on the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. That URL is tan, T-A-N, Dot org dot au. Father, we thank you for cleansing us from our sin and our unrighteousness. This is made possible through the Savior, Jesus. Help us to remember his sacrifice and help us to receive his cleansing so that we may be able to stand before you in honor and not in shame. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. 
Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.